Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 24. In the news, an Armenian serviceman is shot dead by Azerbaijani armed forces in Armenia's Kerarkunik region. Artur Vanetsian, leader of the Fatherland Party and part of the I Have Honor bloc, resigns his seat in parliament. And while in Baku, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, says that the OSCE Minsk group is dead and that the 2020 Artsakh war reset the negotiation process. Today, the prosecutor generals of Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia are expected to meet in Minsk. At the time of this recording, the meeting has not yet taken place. But according to a statement issued by Russia's prosecutor general's office, the implementation of agreements reached between the sides will be discussed during the meeting. Gora Brahamian, advisor to Armenia's prosecutor general, told Azadutun that although Armenia and Azerbaijan had agreed to exchange information regarding border incidents, Armenia is not happy with the results. According to Abrahamian, the communication regarding border incidents, as well as the issue of Armenian POWs still being held in Azerbaijani captivity, will be discussed during the meeting. This is the second meeting in this format. The first one took place on January 12th uh, of last year, 2021, following the meeting between Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev, and Russia's President Vladimir Putin. The meeting in Minsk comes days after an Armenian soldier was shot dead by Azerbaijani armed forces in one of the Armenian military positions near the Gerarkunik region. While Armenia's Ministry of Defense did not issue an official statement about the incident, but however confirmed the death of the soldier to media outlets without specifying the circumstances, Azerbaijan's Ministry of Defense reported about skirmishes on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border on the night of June 18 and 19. The mayor of one of the communities near the military posts told Hetk that in the evening hours of June 18, Azerbaijani armed forces started shooting in the direction of Armenian positions. This lasted for approximately two hours. Yesterday, Armenia's investigative committee announced that an investigation has been launched into that incident. And on June 21, Baku also reported about shootings on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border, this time near Vartanis, which Armenia's Ministry of Defense denied. Commenting on the incident during a weekly briefing with reporters, Russia's Foreign Ministry representative Maria Zakharova stated that the occurrence of periodical skirmishes on different sections of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border proves the need of systemic work of the Armenian-Azerbaijani Joint Border Commission. Last week, we reported that during a global forum in Baku, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, had threatened Armenia again with use of force should Yerevan refuse to grant Azerbaijan the so-called Zankezur Corridor. On June 19, the day after uh, the Armenian serviceman was fatally shot by Azerbaijani forces, EU special representative to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, tweeted that he was, quote, pleased to read Ilham Aliyev's statement at the Global uh, Baku Forum, where Azerbaijan's president announced that it was time to establish peace and cooperation in the region and to move to practical implementation following positive dynamics with Armenia. Klar also tweeted that the EU strongly supports this. Well, maybe the EU has selective hearing. Maybe. <laughs> yes. And meanwhile, today, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, who is in Baku for an official visit, stated during a joint press conference with his Azerbaijani counterpart that the OSC Minsk Group seized its activity on the initiative of the U.S. and France. He also stated that the 2020 Arsakh war 
left behind all the previous documents, which were at the core of the negotiations for solving the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, including also the Madrid principles, and that the current negotiations are based on the three trilateral statements of the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia, which the European partners also agree on. And yesterday, during a meeting with Azerbaijan's president, Lavrov said that Moscow sees progress in the work of the trilateral working group tasked with uh, opening regional communication routes, adding that there is a general understanding that transportation links be as accommodating as possible and not uh, create artificial obstacles. Meanwhile, Aliyev complained that Armenia has not yet responded to Baku's offer about signing a peace treaty. Azerbaijan's president also stated that one and a half years have passed since the 2020 Artsakh war, yet Armenia has not fulfilled its obligation to open communication routes and establish the movement of people and goods between mainland Azerbaijan and its exclave Nakhichevan. Aliyev also announced that Baku expects Moscow's active efforts in establishing lasting peace in the region. In response to Aliyev's statements, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan told Azadutun today that Armenia has stated many times that it is ready to establish peace in the region and that the November 9th statement remains unfulfilled as there are still Armenian POWs in Azerbaijan. Last week, U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs Karen Domfried, who was in Yerevan for an official visit, told Azadutun that the U.S. is ready to continue cooperation with Russia within the OSCE Minsk Group to find a settlement for the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict despite the ongoing war in Ukraine. According to Donfried, the U.S. continues to believe uh, that the OSCE Minsk Group is a very important format, particularly for Nagorno-Karabakh, and that it is essential that various formats are kept in play to try to advance peace, adding that the U.S. will continue to do that going forward. Asked whether Washington is ready for fresh contacts with Moscow for this purpose, Donfried said, yes, Russia is a Minsk Group co-chair. France U.S. and Russia would continue in that format. So certainly a lot of mixed messages from the co-chair countries uh, about the Minsk group. And so speaking of which, while Armenia has been consistently referencing the OSCE Minsk group as the only format within which the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict should be solved and even asked the co-chairs to mediate the normalization talks between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the Azerbaijani side argues that the Minsk group format is obsolete as Baku solved the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict through military means. Last week, Ilham Aliyev announced that uh, whenever Armenia mentions the OSCE Minsk group, it angers Baku. And on that note, the trilateral working group chaired by the Armenian, Azerbaijani, and Russian deputy foreign ministers met in St. Petersburg on uh, June 20. The meeting took place within the framework of the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. No further details about the meeting have been made public. The trilateral working group had also met three weeks ago on June 3 in Moscow. Last week, Armenia's president, Vahagan Khachadurian, who was also participating in the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, met his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin. This was their first meeting since Khachadurian was elected president in March of this year. According to a statement issued by the Armenian president's press office during the meeting, Putin told Khachadurian that Armenia is not only Russia's partner, but is also a strategic ally, and uh, which, according to Putin, Russia appreciates. Uh, Putin added that Moscow understands everything that is happening in and around Armenia, adding that Russia is determined to develop its partnership with Armenia and is interested in peace and prosperity in the country.
Khachaturian told Putin that the Armenian people appreciate Russia's efforts in stopping the 2020 Artsakh war and in trying to find a solution to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. According to Khachaturian, it was very important that the war was stopped and that the agreements reached between Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan after the war were kept. The two presidents also touched upon the war in Ukraine and its consequences. Uh, in this context, Khachaturian noted that he is happy the Russian authorities were able to stop the depreciation of the Russian ruble through their economic policies. In local news on June 20, former chair of Armenia's Supreme Judicial Council, Rupen Vardazarian, who was suspended last year um, as he is facing criminal charges for obstruction of justice, publicized a secretly recorded audio in which the acting chairman of the Supreme Judicial Council, Gagik Jahangirian, promised to not prosecute him if he resigned. This is if Vartazarian resigned. The conversation supposedly took place in February 2021, two months before Vartazarian was suspended. Following the publication of the recording, the Supreme Judicial Council issued a statement announcing that it will not comment on a recording which was made in secret during an informal dinner. In the recording, however, Jahangirian can be heard using profanity. On June 23, the Supreme Judicial Council decided to terminate the powers of Bartazarian on the grounds of significant disciplinary violation. Meanwhile, the Prosecutor General's Office sent the audio recording to the Investigative Committee to examine it and determine if there was illegal interference in criminal investigations relating to, to Vartazarian. Also this week, the head of the opposition I Have Honor Alliance, Artur Vanetsian, put down his parliamentary mandate, announcing a split from Alliance member Republican uh, Party of Armenia, as well as parliamentary opposition Armenia Alliance. The two opposition alliances spearheaded the protests um, which took place in Yerevan starting from the end of April until the beginning of June. I Have Honor Alliance was made up of former President Serge Sarkisian's Republican Party of Armenia, they had four seats, and Vanetsian's Fatherland Party, one seat, which was Vanetsian himself, uh, which was established before last year's um, early parliamentary elections, and it has one nonpartisan MP, Takui Tovmasian. In a statement about the resignation, Vanetsian noted that their constituents voted for him to, uh, this is a quote, suspend the destructive actions of the ruling party, end of quote. Yet the parliament has ceased to be an effective platform, according to him, for challenging the Armenian government. Vanetsian also stated that his fatherland party will continue its activity outside of parliament. During an interview to Armenia's public television, Vanetsian stated that there are differences between him and the other opposition parties um, in reaching the ultimate goal of uh, forcing Pashinyan's resignation. The deputy chair of the Republican Party, Armen Ashodian, confirmed that there are, quote, tactical differences with Vanetsian's party. And as a reminder, Vanetsian was the former head of NSS. That's and right. the story, uh, like uh, the, the scandal around him was that recording of Pashinyan uh, right. that was leaked back in the day. Well, Artur Vanetsian will be replaced by nonpartisan Martun Grigorian, who is a former member of Gagik Tsarukyan's Prosperous Armenia Party. The Republican Party has yet to make an official announcement of whether they will keep their mandates or will put them down as well. 
Interesting developments. Um, also this week, the National Security Service of Artsakh revealed a, a case of espionage. Um, according to the Security Service, a citizen of Artsakh provided information on the socio-economic situation and political processes in Artsakh and Armenia, as well as border incidents on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border and uh, the Russian peacekeeping mission in Artsakh. In order to receive instructions, as well as payment, this uh, individual traveled to Ukraine and Georgia. She she was paid 1900 US dollars and was given expensive perfume bags and an iPhone um, that had a pre-installed uh, program that would allow her to carry out her uh, assignments. And last weekend, a deadly shooting took place in a village near the city of Abaran. This is only 55 kilometers from Yerevan. Two people were killed and another five were hospitalized. The shooting was allegedly provoked by a road rage incident, which evolved into a violent clash between the two groups of young men. On June 20, the opposition called for a rally because, according to their anonymous sources, the men were attacked because of publicly swearing at Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. The civil contract party denies uh, the accusations. The police also stated that the incident did not have any political undertones. Two days after the deadly incident on June 21, the police chief of Abaran was uh, fired. The official explanation was that these kinds of changes... Uh, take place in the police force periodically. And in uh, diplomatic news, this week Prime Minister Pashinyan was in the Belarusian capital Minsk where he participated in the regular sitting of the Eurasian Intergovernmental Council. While in Minsk, Pashinyan met his Russian counterpart, uh, Mikhail Mishustin. The Russian Prime Minister told Pashinyan that Russia is interested in expanding bilateral cooperation with Armenia, expressing hope that Armenia will continue to create favorable conditions for Russian companies. According to Mishustin, Russia also pays special attention to the unblocking of transport and economic infrastructure in the South Caucasus in accordance with the agreement of the leaders of Russia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan. Pashinyan noted that the opening of regional infrastructure, the unblocking of the entire region, is very important, adding that Yerevan hopes the work done will result in concrete decisions. Uh, the Prime Minister added that not only issues of bilateral cooperation are on the agenda of the meeting, but also issues regarding cooperation with the Eurasian Economic Union, as both Armenia and Russia are interested in making um, the EU a more effective uh, format. And Georgia's Prime Minister Irakli Garibashvili was in Armenia over the weekend for an official visit. Uh, Nikol Pashinyan received him in Dilijan, where the Prime Ministers discussed issues on the agenda of Armenia-Georgia cooperation. The sides also exchanged views on the situation in the region. They reaffirmed their readiness to deepen friendly ties and agreed to continue active dialogue. This week, U.S. President Joe Biden announced Christina Kavien, as the nominee for the next U.S. ambassador to Armenia, incumbent Lynn Tracy's term has come to an end and she will leave the country shortly. Christina Kavien has served as an ambassador and then deputy chief of mission in Ukraine, as well as acting deputy chief of mission and minister counselor for economic affairs at the U.S. embassy in Paris. Yesterday, during the cabinet meeting, the Armenian government approved the acceptance of a $127 million grant from the United States Agency for International National Development, USAID, to strengthen democracy and economic stability in Armenia. Over $68 million are intended for the fight against corruption and strengthening of democracy, and the remaining $52 million will be directed towards economic development. And lastly, in um, 
international news, Ukraine and Moldova have been granted EU candidate status by the European Union. Ukraine applied for EU membership right after the country was invaded by Russia. Together with Ukraine, Georgia also applied. However, it was not granted candidate status. Ukraine uh, will not be able to join the EU uh, before 2029. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and we will be back again next week.